back to school edition of the quintessential lacrosse podcast. We are focusing on the fate of the sport. Paul Rabel's our guest, and we're talking Premier Lacrosse League quarterfinals head to Gillette and the release uh, on E Plus today, August 29th, The Fate of a Sport, which is uh, I started it and I'm already fascinated. I'm honestly, I was watching it, I was like, wow. And, and you see where it lines up on the app. Like this is pretty cool. Cross is like legit with with the Yankees and and, and uh, you know a Joe Paterno and, and some other great documentaries on there. How would you best describe the response you've gotten? Well, it is um, it's surreal, I would say. Um, and and the title is dramatic. You know, just for the record, I, I didn't come up with the title. That was our wonderful director, Michael Doniger. But uh, because and I'll make a comment on that is um, you know going through this and having been a part of this beautiful game for 24 years uh the fate of it doesn't rest on any one or several people's shoulders um and i think that you know you learn a lot of things about the art of cinema and you know i think we're in a place as a sport where we where we do need to and have been stepping up it's it's drama and it's appeal and it's entertainment factor especially at professional level and Quint, you know, I know that you've been a part of that world for decades on end, calling the college semifinals and championships, which I think we, we've discussed has been the game's greatest stage and having conversations with recently inducted Hall of Famer Lee Felsmo around, you know, elevating lacrosse's profile through the art of show business. And it's something that we spend a lot of time on day to day. But, but to the film, I think what, you know, I put a message out uh, a couple of days ago saying, I hope the movie is not what you think. And, uh, and what I mean by that is you know, obviously you see trailers that come out and oh, it's a documentary on Paul Rabel's career. Um, I'm certainly the, the subject in it, but it's largely because I'm the co-founder of the league with my brother, Mike, but it is, uh, I think raw and unfiltered. Uh, I cringe and sweat when I watch the film, which indicates that there are yeah. some, not so pretty moments, um, but that's that's part of the journey, and I think part of the the nature of what we want to accomplish, which is I think starts with leadership and and putting where, your money where your mouth is. It's on A plus right now. It's going to air on linear uh, midway through September, September fifteenth, seven o'clock on ESPN. That's unbelievable. It's also going to air on ABC on Sunday the eighteenth at one o'clock. For me. Paul, I'm, I'm in a bunch of different worlds. Like last weekend, I'm on a plane coming, flying home from Atlanta, and I look around the plane saying, I wonder how many of these people know what lacrosse is or have ever watched a lacrosse game. I'm around people from other sports who are now starting to kind of get the picture. Hey, ESPN's got this thing called professional lacrosse. For me, this is a great uh, entry point. I can just say, hey, you get, you get the app. When you get a chance, next time you're on a plane, put this on. It'll give you a feel for what you're about to see. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really great way of framing it. You know, we we talk about other sports, perhaps whether it's uh, rock climbing and it's free solo or the alpinist, or understanding the 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 college business of cheerleading and okay, go flip on cheer on Netflix. Um, Hard knocks has been that centerpiece for the NFL and getting people ready for a season, or or choosing fandom if they were on the fence. So yeah, I I hadn't thought about that, Quint, but that's probably why you sit in the seat that you do 
uh, very easy way of, of telling the story of professional lacrosse and even the history of lacrosse, which I would say I'm probably most proud of that the film gets at is, is something that is as explorative uh, and needs to be done so with respect and care, touching on the roots of the game while also telling its its modern transitional story. Yeah, no, the the indigenous angle is is certainly strong. There's a lot of pride. You know, uh, Michael Doniger is a Limburg owl, as I am, as is Adam, um, John Marcus, and like it started with a guy by the name of Glenn Wall way before my time, Paul, like five or six years before my time. He came to Hopkins, played basketball and lacrosse, had a great time. I end up going there and now like it, it got passed on from generation to generation. So see Mike, seeing Michael's growth and success as a part of this is, is, is awesome for me. Yeah. Michael is a fantastic director. He was personally invested in this film because he cares a lot about lacrosse and, and grew up playing it still watches every PLL game. And, and then cinematically he had the skill to, essentially put together three acts or three films into one, which is uh, the story of the PLL versus the MLL, um, the story of the, the history of lacrosse, and then the final chapter of my career. Um, and so those are three distinct, very challenging stories to tell in 90 minutes on their own, and he was able to weave it in, in uh, into one movie. So it's a lot of credit to Michael. We're, we're blessed to have had him. Yeah, the, the story is multi-leveled. Obviously, there, there's, there was a conflict. There's two brothers who are operating as brothers and friends and partners. There's the business angle. And then there's awesome looking lacrosse footage in, in this as well. So that there's, there's a lot going on, which yeah. I think makes it fascinating for the viewer. Yeah, and I think you know, over time, at least the lacrosse audience has gotten pretty familiar with different aspects of me and what I bring to the field and even what I bring to the boardroom, but, but never unearthed the way that we've done in this documentary. Um, and then to your point, I think there's a complexity in understanding how I am very critical of myself on field and my performances and really balancing the two ends of the spectrum. One being through my brother's advice that, uh, is is a source of fire and motivation, inspiration. Just go out there and do whatever it takes to win. To my final season, actually playing with Lyle is one of the game's greats, and will go down as one of the greatest ever. And and his words of advice to me, which are kind of don't grip your stick and play with presence and just have fun and don't worry about the outcome. So you know, as an athlete, you you try to you try to focus on one narrative or the other heading into a game. Both conflict with each other and hopefully people see that kind of teetering back and forth and maybe landing in the middle for me as, as the film finishes. It's amazing how films and entertainment, I'm watching Ted Lasso uh, finally went back <laughs> and, and started watching it. I want to watch premier soccer after finishing the yeah. first season of Ted Lasso and like formula one success through the video game uh, was tremendously bolstered. Their TV ratings went through the roof because of that. So entertainment, in the real world can have a gigantic impact on, on getting eyeballs and getting, getting people, people to come out for some of these games. Uh, we'll sp let's swing things forward this weekend. We've got playoffs after a bye week, uh, triple header up at Gillette, uh, PLLtickets.com to get involved at September 3rd, starting on ESPN plus at noon, you get three games. I'm, I'm out of the prediction business. That's one thing I've learned, Paul, with this league. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm just, I have no, there was one time when Lyle didn't play this year. I was like, I don't think the Cannons have a shot. And other right. than that, <laughs> that, like that game I knew. I'm like, the Cannons have no chance without Lyle. 
other than that, every single game this year, like, oh, I would have been wrong there. Oh, I'm glad I didn't say anything there. Oh, like, it's really tough. There, There's a, a back and forth. There are guys who step up one week and different players who emerge the next. Uh, it's it's tight. Well, what are your, some of your – you sit field side. You see it. Uh, you played it. It's incredibly tight. And, and it, the talent density is so rich when you have eight clubs – and a, a recent, called the last decade, emergence of talent all over the country and even into Canada. And we see the parody at the college game. Now imagine distilling uh, essentially a league of just first-team All-Americans over the last decade and a half and seeing who, who can rise to the top. And so it, it changes week to week because you have these stars that are running second-line midfield that could walk away with a hat trick and a, and a desperately needed hat trick. Um, and the game is still a little bit different, Q, which, you know, we've gone to 48 minutes from 60 previously in the MLL and, uh, you know, took out 10 yards in the middle of the field. So transition has evolved and become far more important, both offensively and defensive transition, which are seeing some of the best teams uh, keep the fewest amount of goals uh, from their opponent in transition. So you have offensive midfielders busting like hell back like you see in the college game, um, because otherwise, if they don't, they're going to sit. And uh, and so, you know, you start getting more into, or at least I get more into the weeds of, of data analytics and next-gen next stats. So how do these teams play six-on-six six comparatively to each other? What's their face-off season been like? Uh, do they score off of face-offs? Do they score in transition? How, uh, how quickly does a goalie who make a save get the ball up and out? all these little details that we're going to unveil more and more as, as our league progresses into the off season, I think are going to be more telling to your point of the challenge of Chrome chaos. I mean, you look at a seven, two, you, you would say, okay, Chrome's going to move forward, but this chaos team is super dangerous. Archers Redwoods, I think is the, is the game of the weekend for me. You have the biggest stars on center stage sandwiched between the triple header of the quarterfinals and then Atlas water dogs. I mean, that game played 10 times will go five and five. Um, we get to see the, the best team in the league the following week and they get the deserving buy. I know they're practicing in Long Island next uh, this coming weekend while all the other teams are, are competing. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I, I don't know who's going to win. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, this uh, Saturday, September 3rd, ESPN plus uh, Boyle, Alter and Chantel will be on, on the scene there in Gillette. Had a nice crowd for the all-star game. Seems like the folks up in Boston are very supportive. Come back the following Sunday in Washington, D.C. for the semis and then the following for the finals up in Philly uh, in that beautiful arena with the, with the bridge hanging over the stadium. What, in my time with the league this year, Paul, I've been a blown away by how uh, – Everybody, the players and the coaches, how willing they are to talk and to share. I mean, I feel like I'm uh, enormously smarter uh, watching lacrosse and understanding what these guys are going through, what they're dealing with. Everybody's uh, really, really welcoming in, in, in that. And I feel like it's it's like a pot of, of expertise. Uh, and, mm. and then physically, physically, these guys, these guys are it is remarkably how big the step up is from college to this pro level in terms of speed, size, skill athleticism, change of direction, the whole, the whole deal. These guys are monsters. I mean, that's, that's the most consistent bit of feedback I get from the field every weekend, whether it's a parent or a high school player who's committed to Fairfield or the University of Notre Dame to a former pro player when we had our Hall of Fame inducted class in Hofstra. 
everyone's like, Jesus, this pace is ridiculous. These guys are huge. And, and what sort of happened overnight? Um, so I think, I think there's a couple of things. It's, it's the way that we present the product, right? I mean, I, I, as a number of players had played uh, 10 plus years in MLL and that game had incredible athletes and pace of play. So it's presentation. And, and then I think stakes are higher, man. You know, you have eight teams, um, everyone's vying for a spot. You get paid more when you play and, and then you're aired, your games are aired on ESPN. And um, there is a, there's a level of scarcity that we're seeing create another level of output on par with what I think we've seen for so long in the NFL and the NBA and this, you know, theoretical, very reasonable jump from being a 22 year old in college to being a 28 year old. I know the difference there for me was enormous. And I want that to be the norm for 28 year olds in the PLL. You walk down on the field with them and you just go, Oh, you're stunned by the level of athleticism and skill. Quarterfinals, Gillette. Paul, we appreciate your time today. It's PLLTickets.com for that one or any of the uh, semifinals in Washington, D.C. at Audi, which will be an amazing, amazing event. Finals up in Philly on Sunday on ABC uh, the 18th as well. But uh, fate of a sport, congratulations. Uh, I, I got it rolling earlier today, and it hooked me in. I was just excited. I was proud. Uh, that That's on E-plus right now with a, a bunch of uh, Burke Magnus, you know, hinting me about this uh, last January about how uh, – they were look, looking into buying this. I was at the Orange yeah. Bowl. <laughs> at the Orange Bowl, he goes, "Yo, we're thinking about buying it." I'm like, "What? What?" Yeah. And uh, Berksburg, he's the best, and he he is yeah. lacrosse is lucky lucky to have him. I'm lucky to be a friend, and and he's uh he's pushing, man, and that's what we need. Yeah. And, uh, we're lucky to have Burke. We're lucky to have Dan. We're lucky to have Jimmy, even at the top. Um, you know, and Jimmy Pitaro, who's the chairman of ESPN, he he cut his teeth in the entertainment side of Disney, and then he came over and took over. ESPN. So he, uh, he has a vast level of experience understanding uh, the art of filmmaking. And when he had watched it early, he had shared his thoughts with me and his interest in it being a part of the ESPN family. And I was immediately taken back because when you have a chairman, a CEO, president uh, from him to Burke saying, yeah, we want this, you know, it's no bullshit. And, and so yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty special. And uh, I'll just say, as I sign off, Q to you, I remember in 2007 and 2008 playing in the national championship game at college. And even before that, watching you call the games in 03 and 04 um, and how we were really exploding on the scene and, and getting close to filling NFL venues. And then over time, we took a dip as a sport. But your words always rung to me, which, um, you know, you were beating the drum around lacrosse's potential and have authentically and impassioned and in many different ways of, of showing your impassion for lacrosse um, have uh, has really helped us get to this point and have been uh, have been an active bidder and, and an enthusiast. And I'm glad that uh, you're experiencing the same feelings that I am today. And throughout the week, when we see a documentary kind of live front and center on the ESPN app and ESPN plus and uh, hopefully it will carry more eyeballs to our games this weekend all the way through the championship on September 18th. So thank you. Thank you for making the time today on your busy week. Uh, safe travels to Boston and good luck with those games uh, and fate of a sport. Uh, I can't wait to finish it tonight after I uh, make the first drive to school today on carpool line. There you go, man. Thanks, Q. Thanks.